Hey everyone! So we have previously looked at the German language. We've looked at the English language and at the Celtic languages. Today we're going to have a look at French. If you're a French speaker, you probably think this is already quite overdue. French is still a really important language in the world. Part of the official or working languages of many international organizations. And about 300 million people worldwide communicate in French on a regular basis. And that number is estimated to grow to 500 million. So might actually be getting more important. French is related to Italian, Spanish and Portuguese, as well as Romanian. Those are the Romance languages. And you've probably learned that family similar to how I've just counted it. So as one, two, three, four, five different languages. However, depending on where you draw the line between a dialect and an actual language, that number might grow to 11, 12, maybe even 18. Here in this book, for example, we have a listed state Spanish, Portuguese, French, Italian, Romanian, and then continues with Catalan, Occitan, and the language spoken on Sardinia. There's the types of Romance languages spoken in Switzerland, including the Franco-Provencal, and a language that has died out, Dalmatian. If you wanted, you could add a couple more languages here, depending on where you draw the line between the different regions, but I think this is already quite extensive. And it's going to become important later on when we talk about French. But first, I think, let's start at the beginning. And the beginning with French, of course, is during the Roman Empire. We can see here that the Roman Empire went all around the Mediterranean and included all of modern France. Here it is Gallia with Aquitania, Nabonensis, Lugodonensis, and then we get into the Benelux states here and across the Rhine into Germania. This is how Latin came into modern France. However, something I didn't know and that I find quite interesting is that during this time, so when the Roman Empire existed in this form, 
and even after it got split into the Western and the Eastern Roman Empire. In Gallia, the language that was most commonly spoken was a Celtic language, so not Latin. Latin was the language of the elites, but people going about their everyday lives, especially when they didn't live in cities, would stick to their Celtic language. And that went on for almost half a millennium, so until about the 6th century. Only then became Latin more common and the Celtic languages started to disappear. At this point, however, it wasn't just a switch to uh, Vulgar Latin at that point. When we move into the Middle Ages, we can see that there was quite some influence from some of the Germanic tribes, mostly from the Franks. The Franks, of course, are also um, how France got its name. In German it's called Frankreich and the first part of the name Frank can also be found, for example, in the city name Frankfurt or in Frankenland, which is part of Bavaria. So the Franks obviously were present on both sides of the Rhine and quite influential. And I find this map here really interesting because you can see that the Loire, the river, forms a kind of border here. And you have one political entity here in the north and one in the south. This would be Aquitaine in this case. After the fall of the West Roman Empire, you can see here that you actually have an extensive Frankish empire. It's divided into eastern and western parts and later when it split became so that the historical ancestor of Germany and France. From this time there's a lot of influence on the French language which maybe explains why it seems so different compared to, say, Italian or Spanish. Uh, I know some people who can speak to each other in their native tongues as Italians and Spaniards, and they can understand each other quite well. But with French, the pronunciation has shifted quite a lot. There's of course still similarities, but it can be more difficult to understand. And part of that reason could be for one, the Celtic substrate. So the Celtic basis that nonetheless had an influence on language. And the Frankish superstrate, so the uh, influence that came on top of the language later on. This division here can also be found in the language today. For example, when you look at the names of cities, one very common city name is New Village, or in Austria we often have places called, uh, for example, New Church. In French, as you surely know, the adjective comes after the noun. So logically, the name 
of the village should be Villeneuve. So, village, new. That's what you find here in the south. But if you go into the northern regions, especially here where you get into uh, the border areas, the Germanic regions, you will probably find places that are called Neufville, new village. So just like in German. The border here along the Loire is roughly the border that you can draw between two types of the French language or maybe even two different languages depending on how you want to classify it. In the north you find the Longueuil, so the kinds of dialects from which the modern French language has developed. And in the south you find the Languedoc, the Occitan language, which in another form is also spoken in the Catalan regions. If we are looking at this map of France, we can also see, of course, the Bretagne, where today you still find native uh, speakers of Breton, which is a Celtic language. We've already talked about the Normandie, where some Viking settlers brought their native language with them. They then assimilated, but kept a little bit of the pronunciation and some of the words, so you have some Viking influence in the language here. When we get closer north, we have a lot of Germanic influences, especially here in Alsace and uh, Lorraine, which would be around here with Metz, which of course these two regions have switched borders uh, from the German Empire to the French Empire, so back and forth, so of course there's a lot of influence from both sides. And then when we look closer, we have um, the geographical vicinity to Switzerland here. In Switzerland, um, there's also a French-speaking region. And together with Savoy, across the border in France, this is uh, Franco-Provençal. So again, this can be classified as a dialect, it can also be classified as a different language. I think it makes sense to classify it as a language. However, especially in this region, there's the issue that the language was never developed into a standard. So there's not one written standard that you would use to communicate in that language. Instead, you have a lot of um, so regional entities that stuck to their specific way of speaking, especially in different mountain valleys. Um, which is on the one hand would preserve these languages, but on the other hand, of course, they never really develop one form across the entire region. So this unfortunately is a um, language that doesn't have too many native speakers anymore. And then here in the south, we have the Longdok, also across the 
this of course is here from the Middle Ages, so we have the Emirat von Cordoba here but today this would be Catalonia and Spain where you have forms of the Occident language and there's also some influence here in Italy let's have a look at that in another book We have a nice overview here, not quite as colourful. Franco-Provencal with Lyon. We have Gascogne, Occitan du Sud, Occitan du Nord. The different kinds of uh, the Occitan language with Catalan being also spoken here in Perpignan, which is a very nice city to visit if you ever come into this area. We have Paris here in the center of the region where the modern uh, French was developed which I think also tells us something about the question of power behind the French language. There's a reason why Franco-Proposal is a regional language mostly spoken by older people and the kind of French that was spoken in Paris today is the language that was superimposed on the entire country and also outside of Europe. But we'll get to that in a minute. So you have the Longue here in the north. We can see Alsacien is listed separately. We have Flamand, Vallon, also with a lot of um, Germanic influence. Normand and of course Breton. Basque is interesting, it's also a minority language in France, however it's not related to French, in fact it's not related to any other known language, so this is um, an insular language. And then we've also mentioned Corsica before when we're talking about Napoleon. The language spoken on Corsica is more closely related to uh, Tuscan Italian than it is to French. But of course French is also used on the island. During the Middle Ages we can speak of Old French. From the 14th to the 17th century, then we have Middle French. And this is also the time when it was declared that French was the official language of France. That was in 1539. Since the 17th, 18th century, we can speak of modern French. During that time, the Académie Française was established, which make sure that French is a language following certain norms which protects its vocabulary from uh, too much English influence and it's also the time when this decree that only French was to be spoken in France was enforced again for example in schools so for a long time it was forbidden for example to speak Breton or Occitan until today the French state does not provide any official data on how many people there are speaking uh, these minority languages. 
There are, of course, estimates. For example, with uh, Occitan, there's an assumption that there are about 100,000 native speakers at this point. But again, there's no official data. So we just have to do some research and then guesstimate, basically. If we're looking outside of France, we find a great number of native speakers and people who speak French as a um, second language. Which of course largely has to do with the colonial empire that France established in the 19th century. We can see here that it reached across the entire globe. From North America, especially here, Quebec. And we also find some French influence in the United States, especially in Louisiana. Here we have Guadeloupe and Martinique. Of course, there's also Haiti, where a Creole form of French is spoken. We are here in South America. Then, of course, large parts of Africa. We're going to have a look at a separate map in a minute. Madagascar. We have French Indochina here in Asia and we have for example Nouvelle Caledonie here close to Australia and New Zealand where again you would use French to this day on the African continent we can see that almost half of the states today have some French history and about a third of the inhabitants of the entire con continent speak or use French in some form or another. Of course, there's a lot of French influence here in the north, Algeria, Tunisia. There's Mauritania, Senegal, the Ivory Coast, you have Mali and Chad. But let's look at a list. So here we have Africa, l'Afrique d'Expion Française. It says here you can split it in two different areas. First of all, the Maghreb states with Algeria, Tunisia and Morocco, which we've just looked at here in the north. And then we have Mauritania, République du Mali, République du Niger, du Tchad, du Sénégal, with Burkina Faso, République du Guinée, Côte d'Ivoire, la République togolaise, la République du Bénin, la République du Cameroun, Guinée équatoriale, la République centrafricaine, 
République Gabonaise and Republic du Congo. There's also some Belgian influence that brought the French language to uh, former say Europe. So La République Démocratique du Congo, La République Rwandaise and République du Burundi. As for the number of speakers, Quebec is the second largest francophone community outside of France, it says here. There's also French speakers in New Brunswick, Ontario, Nouvelle Ecosse, some in the New England states, and then, of course, in Louisiana, where you have Cajun, which was brought from Canada, Acadia. If, like me, you've learned French in school, you probably only know the one kind of French. For a long time I didn't know that there were different kinds of dialects or creole forms across the world. And these are some interesting maps here that look at the perceived difference between standard French and the French that's spoken in the regions. And you can see very clearly here the Occitan influence, where the way people speak still differs from the Northern Standard. can see that the entire country can be nicely divided into these dialectal regions which partly are more closely connected and some with a little more distance to the north. But my impression has been that when you travel around France you will be understood if you just know one kind of French and people are happy to accommodate you even if, you, even if your French isn't perfect. I think it's just courteous to learn a few phrases in the language of the country you're visiting. And most people are happy to speak a little English with you if your friend isn't that great. If you're interested in the French that's spoken outside of Europe, then you might be interested in the Francophonie, which is an international organization. It's a little bit uh, like the Commonwealth, but not quite, so meaning there's a lot of the former colonies, uh, a lot of the regions that still use French today, even if maybe the uh, former political connection to France has been severed in the meantime. And there's also a 
TV station that you can watch, I think, worldwide, which is TV Sunk. So that's not an official uh, channel of the French network, but it's from this international organization called La Francophonie. And uh, it promotes French across the globe. And I think it allows you to experience some more dialects, some more uh, sort of newer forms of the French language that are developing. And again, these are not deficient languages, just like I said with English. These are just different forms that are sometimes um, currently in a state of development, of standardization, and that's quite a fascinating process. All right, so I hope you enjoyed this little look at another language. Let me know if there's another language that you'd like me to look at next. I'm happy to read up on it. For today, thank you for watching and I'll see you again next week.